Well, good morning. So good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, before we start, I just wanted to share a little bit. Uh, I'm just so thankful to be a part of a loving church, a church that loves the Lord and loves each other, and where love is that is shown and is expressed is is real. It's genuine. And uh, it's such a blessing to, um, to be part of a, a loving congregation. Uh, this past week, uh, I was here at the church on Monday, and Miss Ruth, and I think there were six ladies, if I counted correctly, and Joel. I guess it takes six ladies to keep uh, Joel in line, um, I suppose. But anyway, they were here, uh, as they are every week on Monday, uh, preparing to go out into our community to visit the homebound, who would love to be here but can't uh, come to our church. And it it just blessed my heart. Uh, That morning, it blesses my heart Every time I see them gather, they, they're all aglow. You can tell the reason they're here, the reason they go, is because of love that they have um, for those in our congregation that they go and visit. This week was just phenomenal. I walked in, there were bags uh, all decked out where, where they had valentines, where many of you had prepared valentines to send out and share and show love to those. What a ministry that is. I just want to thank uh, all those that are involved in that ministry and how they show love and uh, how it's real and how it's genuine. So this morning, uh, if you have your Bibles, I'd, I'd like to ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to be reading from this passage of scripture this morning. If you don't have a personal copy of God's Word, we have some available as our gift to you. You can find those in the foyer. Uh, We don't want you to leave here today uh, leaving uh, without a reliable copy of the Word of God. So although this is a very familiar passage of Scripture, it's often read at weddings, it's often called the love chapter. But this passage, if we look closely, it's found right in the middle of uh, two other chapters that focus on spiritual gifts. So as we read these verses this morning, let's keep that in mind. Uh, We're going to be talking this morning. uh, our, Our message is it's all about love. It's all about love. So in English, we have just one word to express all kinds of love. We use the same word to say we love pizza or whatever your favorite food might be. We love pizza. We love the Braves. We love going to the beach. We use that word uh, also to tell our spouse, our children, our parents, those that we love, that we love them. But in the Greek, we find that there are four different words for love. So we're going to look briefly at that this morning. The first is eros. That love refers to the romantic love expressed in the context of marriage. And then the second type of love we see phileo. Phileo love is used to refer to the love shared by close friends or brotherly love. Then we see storge love. That's used to describe family love, the deep, the caring love that develops naturally 
between family members, between parents and their kids. And then the last love we see is agape love. That love refers to the sacrificial, the unconditional love of God. It's the highest form of love. And agape is the word that describes God's love in John 3.16, where we find uh, the way that he loved us. We're commanded to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind over in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. We're commanded to love one another, and it's with this same agape love. So as we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this morning, agape is the word for love that's used here in this passage. John 13, 34 tells us, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. So we're to be known by our sacrificial, our unconditional love for each other. And Paul describes what that love looks like here in this passage of Scripture. So let's read now verses 1 through 13. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, God's word says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels... But have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. For now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So this morning we're going to be looking here as our topic, what does love have to do with it? What does love have to do with it? So that's the question we're going to answer we're going to examine this morning and in short the answer to the question is everything everything love is love has everything to do with the things that we find here in this passage of scripture has everything to do with the things in our own lives this passage here is all about love so first, this morning, we're going to see the definitive measure of love. In these first three verses here, uh, we find how God measures the things that we do. 
He measures those things, and it's a definitive measure. It's not a, a maybe or, or perhaps, but it's definitive here. It is a measure based on love. Love is the true measure of all that we say and all that we do. So although we may use gifts that God has given us and do great, incredible things, as we find here in this passage, if love is absent, then the Bible tells us that we are a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Does it sound like something that we would want to be characterized as? We are nothing. We gain nothing. So that's, that's what we find here in these first three verses. It's a pretty impressive list of things that are listed here, of uh, things, uh, these gifts uh, that, are, that are being used, speaking in tongues of men and of angels without love. Again, we see it's like a noisy gong or a clanging symbol. So how many remember the gong show? The gong show. See a few hands. The gong show um, looks like it, it premiered back in 1976. So contestants would come on stage and try to impress celebrity judges. They would come up with their act, whether it would be a singing or dancing or comedy, uh, you name it. So they would come before, uh, stand and, and perform uh, but the danger was they might get gonged, right? They might get gonged off the stage. So if any judge considered that act to be particularly bad, they had had enough, right? They had had enough of it. They could force it to stop by striking a large gong, a large gong. And that gong, uh, I believe that sound that was made with a mallet hitting that large uh, piece of metal, that round metal, uh, had to be like a loud, annoying sound, right? If you were gonged off stage. Well, here Paul describes speaking in tongues of men and of angels without love as noisy gongs and clanging cymbals. They're making a lot of noise, but without no purpose, no real purpose because love is absent. The list continues here in verse 2. We find... Uh, possessing prophetic powers, understanding all mysteries and knowledge, having great faith, so much to move mountains. And despite this impressive list here of things that we see, the Bible tells us without love, they are nothing. We even go to verse 3. It talks about giving away all that you have. So being most benevolent and charitable with your possessions, giving all away. Then we find delivering up your body, giving your life to be burned, becoming a martyr for Christ. But even doing these things without love, the Bible tells us, gains nothing. So love cannot be measured by actions alone. God looks at the heart. So if he wants to see what that driving force is, what is behind what we do. So do we do things in our service for the Lord out of obligation or for praise and recognition from, for others, for, to receive that from others? What drives us to do what we do? Is it love? 
So this past week, we celebrated Valentine's Day, and one of Carrie's favorite things is chocolate. So I searched and searched for a nice box of chocolates to give her. So I found this box here on my search. So I thought, okay, this looks pretty good, right? It's a large box. It's even shaped like a heart. And it says it has gourmet truffles, right? So that sounds pretty, pretty impressive to me, gourmet truffles. And it's even got little flowers and hearts along the edges here of the box. It was the largest box I could find. So just imagine if I gave this to her and she opened it. And when she opened it, she found nothing inside. What a letdown that would be, right? (laughs) Um, I would have been embarrassed, right? Fortunately, this did not happen to me, or I would have been in trouble. So she wouldn't have cared so much about the outside of the box, how pretty it was, if she had opened it, and on the inside, there was nothing. So I want us to use that illustration this morning to uh, just to help remind us as we think about this passage of Scripture and what that uh, tells us. So if we do or we say things that seem impressive to others without love in our hearts, they simply don't measure or amount to anything in God's eyes. Those things would be meaningless, just like giving someone an empty box of chocolates. So second thing we want to see this morning in verses 4 through 7, we see the defining marks of love. The defining marks of love. So it's very clear here to us. It's spelled out. It's defined. It's described what love is and what love is not. 1 John 4 12 tells us that no one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us so we're reminded we can't love this way we can't love and show this agape love on our own it's impossible we need god's help and since god is the true source of love the source of genuine love we know that it comes from him because god is love so we're going to come back here to this in in just a minute but before we move further i wanted to uh, show you a picture of of something that I ran across this week. On on the screen here, you'll see that this cookie is called the Most Oreo Oreo. Okay? So that kind of caught my attention. The Most Oreo Oreo. You see, I'm an Oreo fan. When I go to Dairy Queen, my Blizzard flavor is Oreo. My favorite ice cream cake is Oreo. So when I saw this, it caught my eye. The most Oreo, Oreo, apparently just came out on the market recently. It's it's a limited edition. Um, But look at this cookie. The standard Oreo cream filling is mashed up with Oreo cookie crumbs, okay? It's making it all speckly and cookies and cream style there. The filling is piled on. It looks like there's about the equivalent of about three regular Oreos worth of filling 
in the most Oreo, Oreo cookie. So what defines this cookie then is the filling, okay? It's the filling. It's different from any other Oreo. So that reminded me, likewise, we are different from the world because we have the filling of the Holy Spirit in our own lives. To love in the way that we find described here in verses 4 through 7, it's only possible through the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We can't do it on our own, but we find here that he's done his part. Romans 5, 5 says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So God's love that has been placed in the believer by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit should overflow, should overflow in our love to God and to other people. Fortunately, we don't have to produce this kind of love. We couldn't if we tried. We just need to cooperate with God by doing His will and with His help, the Spirit will produce it. So if we compare these defined marks that we find in these four verses with the fruit of the Spirit that are listed in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it's no surprise that we would find all the characteristics of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. They all show up in that list of the fruit of the Spirit. So quickly here we're going to look And we're going to see, first of all, what love is. And then we will see what love is not. So first of all, we see that love is patient. Love is patient. It's long-suffering. Being patient means you're slow to anger. You bear with others' imperfections and their faults and their differences. We also see that love is kind. Kind means we're gentle. We have a gentle approach with other people. A kind person seeks out needs and looks for opportunities to meet those needs without repayment, expecting nothing in return. A kind person is tender-hearted. We also find that love rejoices with the truth. Love rejoices when people walk in the truth of God's word. We also find here that love bears all things. Love defends the character of the other person as much as possible. Love won't lie about weaknesses, but neither will it deliberately expose and emphasize them. We see here that love protects. We also see that love believes all things. Now, this doesn't mean gullibility. It does mean that love is not suspicious and doubting of the other person's character and motives without good reason, even if his actions offend us, there's a problem. Love doesn't jump immediately to blame the other person. We also see here that love hopes all things. It's not pessimistic. It doesn't expect one to fail, but to succeed. It holds a godly optimism, which says, I know you can do it because God in you is able Last thing we see here is love endures all things. It doesn't give up. It has the idea of holding up under trial, perseverance, difficulties. It means that love hangs in there. We see now here, let's look at, at, at what the Bible tells us that love is not. 
So love is not, as we continue to look, look at the defining marks of love, love is not. So love does not envy, love does not boast. So envy or jealousy happens when our admiration for someone or what they have takes over because we don't have it. We know that boast, to boast means to brag, and we know that bragging is the outward manifestation of pride. Love is not arrogant. Love is not rude. Love is not puffed up. Love is not proud to be overly self-confident so much in a way that we aren't even teachable. Love is not rude. You know, rude means that a disregard of concern for others. Love doesn't necessarily offend. It's courteous. It's polite. It's sensitive to the feelings of others using tact. And we also see here that love does not insist on its own way. Love is not selfish. It puts the feelings of others above our own. Love is not irritable or resentful. It's not easily angered. It doesn't quickly become to that place of frustration. When it says it's not resentful, that means keeps no record of wrong. It doesn't bring up the past. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It isn't happy when evil prevails and evil wins. If someone we don't like or someone we don't care for falls into sin, we don't gloat. We grieve because God is grieved over sin. So we, we, we want to remember this morning we need the Holy Spirit's help to guide us and to help us to love like this. and Show the defining marks of love in our own life. We know it's not easy. It's not natural. It's only possible with God's help. The last thing we want to see this morning as we look at uh, verses 8 through 13, we're going to see the distinct magnitude of love. The distinct magnitude. In verse 8, the Bible says that love never ends. We also find in verse 13, So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. So we find that love is distinct. It's different from the other virtues, the other characteristics, because it will never end. In our world today, there are those that hold important distinctions. We know that George Washington, for example, has the distinction of being our country's first president. Thomas Edison has the distinction of inventing the light bulb. And the New York Yankees, yes, the New York Yankees have the distinction of winning the most World Series titles. Michael Phelps, he has the distinction of winning the most Olympic medals. But one day, these things won't matter. Because verse 10 tells us when the perfect comes, when the perfect comes, referring to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we see in verse 12, it tells us that then face to face. So face to face, when we appear face to face with Jesus. When we appear and when this happens, the need for faith, the need for hope will no longer exist they will have been realized. Faith passes away when we receive what God has promised for us. Hope passes away when that we have been hoping for becomes real. But love never ends. 
is distinct. The magnitude of love is beyond our comprehension. God's steadfast love endures forever. How many times do we find that phrase in God's word as a reminder that his steadfast love endures forever? Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, For I am sure that neither death or life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I want to remind you this morning that God loves you. He loves you so much. John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And we find in Romans 5, 8, that God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then finally, John 15, 13 tells us, Greater love has no man than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. So God's word has reminded us of the magnitude of his love this morning. We've been reminded today that it's all about love. It's all about love. I hope that sinks in with you this morning. Everything we do, everything we say, it's all about love. The world is thirsty for this kind of love. The world is hungry for people who will express this kind of love. 1 John 4, 9-11 through tells us, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In John 13, 35, we find Jesus speaking, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So this morning as we come to an end, um, we've seen the measure of love. We've seen the measure of love and how that anything we do without love is nothing in God's eyes. Secondly, we've seen the marks of love. We've seen those characteristics of love that come from God and from the Holy Spirit's help. We've seen the magnitude of love and how that love lasts forever. As, as Trey led us this morning in, in that song, I Stand Amazed, and it talked about how we're going to sing forever of His love. We're going to sing and we're going to praise Him because His love lasts forever. What will we do this week? I want to leave you with this question. What will we do this week to show love to someone that we encounter? What will we do? What will we do? Look for that opportunity. When that opportunity comes, what will we do this week? In just a moment, you'll have the opportunity to respond. As God is speaking to your heart this morning, right now, 
I ask that you would just be obedient, that you would allow God to speak, would allow Him to move as He works today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your great love. We thank you, Lord, for the love that you have shown us, Lord. Even though we were sinners, Lord, you died for us, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that uh, you've shown the greatest kind of love that we could ever know, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you've poured out your love into our hearts, Lord, to help us, to guide us. And the Holy Spirit indwells inside of us, Lord. And we lean on you, Lord, to help us to love. Help us, Lord, to be more like you and to show and to share the love of Christ with those that we encounter, those that we come into contact with. Lord, our world is hungry and thirsty, Lord, for love. May we be your instruments. Help us, Lord, to love as you do. We just pray now, Lord, that if there's someone here this morning, Lord, if there's someone here that uh, has never trusted you, Lord, as their Savior, today they've heard about your love, how much you love them, Lord, even though we were sinners, God. We just pray today, Lord, that your Spirit would prick the hearts, Lord, of those that they would understand, Lord, that they need you, Lord. That they would come, Lord, and, and, and trust you and believe in you as their Savior. For those of us, Lord, who have already accepted you, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would just empower us, Lord, to be a representative, Lord, of you today. Whatever the needs are today, Lord, of your people, Lord, the altar is open, Lord, today for anyone to come, Lord, come and pray. Whatever is on your heart, Lord, uh, we just pray, Lord, that you would move in this time of invitation, Lord, that your will would be done, Lord, and that all that's done here today would be for your honor and for your glory. We just love you, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, Lord, for that steadfast love that endures forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.